What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Final Four is not on the schedule. Michigan State wins against Nebraska 79-67 at home to go to 4-0 in the Big Ten. Um, and Rob, they had uh, a really sloppy first half of the first half. Tons of turnovers. They cleaned it up a little bit heading into halftime, but still only up four. Uh, and then they, they get out in the second half. Um, about the 10-minute mark, Gabe Brown gets the alley-oop to put him up 10. Uh, and then a few minutes later, Christie hits a three to push it out to 12. And it doesn't really get a whole lot closer than than that. Um, but another great shooting night from three. Um, Tyson Walker comes out of halftime, just looked like a completely different player. It looked like it was going to be a, a, a threes a trend for him. Um, and then came out, hit a couple threes, had some nice assists, and winds up with a – a pretty good game from halftime on. Yeah, um, not a not a great not a great performance by Michigan State. I mean, obviously they did the things they needed to do to win, um, but that was that was disappointing in a in a couple of ways. Um, mm-hmm. The first you mentioned the turnovers in the first ten minutes were just off the charts insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, was- now they ended up where they got nine, sixteen, seventeen. 19 turnovers for the game. I think 12 in the first half, slightly better, seven in the second. Mm-hmm. But that's still not a great pace. Um, <clears throat> so I was disappointed in that. And then defensively, I, I was really disappointed. Now, I, I'll give Nebraska credit. Um, I've seen Nebraska probably in parts of at least four or five games this year. Mm-hmm. That is by far the best shot selection and the most patient I've seen them offensively. You know how we talked a lot in our preview about how they just have a lot of guys that just play without, you know, they just shoot without a conscience Mm. and take terrible shots and they're wild and out of control. Well, they are. I mean, I've seen them do it enough, but they weren't tonight. I thought they played. I'll tell you what, we, we did talk about what a nice year quietly Derek Walker is having. And I think what we saw tonight and you put it together with what he did against Ohio state, they need to keep playing through him a lot more than they were earlier this season because that kid can play. But at the same time, I was disappointed with the job that Michigan state's fives did. I thought defensively, Mm. this was, this was Marcus Bingham's worst game of the season. The first time I could say, yeah, he really didn't make a big impact. I thought Walker really gave him trouble and I thought he wasn't great on pick and roll stuff. Um, And I think the evidence of that is you saw him sit a lot in the second half. Yeah. It wasn't because Julius Marble was playing great. 
Yeah, and they went with Hauser a lot at the time. They did. They went with the small ball lineup, too. Now, that was, granted, that was not when Walker was in the game. But that was kind of counter, <laughs> excuse me, a counter to what Nebraska was doing. But uh-huh. um, be that as it may, it just was not a great game for Marcus Bainham. Um, you know, he had he had four rebounds, four points, um, didn't register a block, and you know, just didn't, didn't really impact the game the way we're used to seeing it. That was surprising yeah. and disappointing, but that those were the things that the turnovers and the defense, particularly at the five spot that I, I thought was, was really disappointing in this one. They obviously did some things otherwise well enough to win, but mm. you know, we, we talked about this just winning really isn't the idea here. Yeah. It's you want to feel good about how you played. And I'm not sure how good they're going to feel in totality. As we said, they did certain things well. They shot the ball very, very well. Mm. But, you know, there's a bad defensive team. They ought to shoot the ball well because yeah. they got great shots, you know. Um, you know, so on I, defense, I, the, the perimeters had some pretty active hands tonight, though. 13 steals. They did. They did. They did. And and I'll, I'll give them that. But I just I thought that, um, you know, again, they really struggled with pick and roll at times. They really struggled to do anything with Walker in the post. And then you look at what Nebraska ended up shooting. I mean, Nebraska shot 45 percent. <laughs> yeah. That's just no, that should not happen. If you're Michigan State, your target in a game like this is they don't break 40. Mm. That's your realistic target because this is not a good shooting team. That's the thing. Let's remember who you did this against. Now, Grant, okay, you can say, well, they took better shots than they normally do. That was true. Some of that is Michigan State gave them better shots. You know, I just, not good. Not good. Mm. And I don't mean to be um, uh, poor-mouthing, you know, (laughs) uh, but, but the reality is, you know, last year you get this game, I'd be singing a different tune because they were in a situation where any way to win was a good one. Uh And you just take every one you can get. That's not where this team is. This team, given how the big 10 has unfolded, even though we're early, you know, Purdue showing real vulnerability. Um, You know, Illinois has been playing well, but I, I have my doubts about that team when push comes to shove, you know, Ohio state's had, some great moments and some really, really questionable ones. And those are the best teams in the conference. There's no reason that Michigan state can't at this stage, think seriously about contending for a big 10 championship. That's, that's where things have changed in October. I didn't think that was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Now there's no reason for them to set any other kind of goal. And, and that's not just because maybe other people haven't have had more flaws than we thought, but it's also because Michigan State has played well enough to earn that. Yeah. So the standards are different. You know, we're, we're looking at this the way we do most seasons, mm-hmm. not last season. And most seasons, you play a game like this one. I think if, if you're Michigan State and you say not good enough, I'm be interested to see, you know, we're recording this right after the game. I don't know what Izzo's going to say in the post game, but I have to believe he's going to say at least some of the things I just touched on and probably a lot more. Mm. Um, I just don't think they played well. Yeah. 
there were some good things to come out of this. I think you can look at a couple of guys who had really, really great games and, and did some things maybe to get confidence back on track in Tyson Walker's case. But um, as a totality, man, the, you take the win, you're grateful for it, and you move on. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Max Christie. I think this is a career high for him. 21 points. <laughs> it um, is. Four rebounds yeah. and assists. I mean, super efficient. Seven for nine from the floor. Three for four from threes. Four for four from the line. A steal. Three turnovers. But uh, Yeah. Uh, and, and he uh, only other... held uh, – McGowan only had 13 points on, like, terrible shooting. Five for 16 for him. Yeah, in the second half, they really clamped down on him. He was actually sitting – in a pretty nice position at halftime, but they just shut him down. And, and no, Matt, Max is definitely a guy who now, now you're talking about two straight where he's played really well offensively. And, and what's happening now is I think for the most part, a couple of those turnovers would say otherwise, but for the most part, I think it started to slow down just a little bit for him. Mm. It, it looks to me, you know, um, Robbie Hummel was mentioning in the, in the broadcast that, you know, Michigan State was running some some of their pin down stuff for him, and and that's true. But but for that to work, as as the guy who's eventually going to get the shot, you have to be able to set that up properly. Your timing has to be right, and then you have to execute. Mm-hmm. And it just looked to me like everything was in slow motion for Max tonight on those. You know, he looked very much under control. Not that he's ever looked wild. But I, I think anybody who's been watching knows what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he just – he looks like the guy we kind of expected to see where it's just everything's under control. He's extremely smooth, not a lot of wasted motion. It just – you know, that's who he – that's who he is. And I think we're starting to see that. That's the – one of the biggest things to come out of this game is a positive, mm-hmm. I think, be, beyond a doubt is you've got two Big Ten games since returning to conference play, and Max Christie has been a scoring factor in both of them. Yeah. That should really worry some people around this conference because, you know, with all this talk about, oh, do they have an alpha? Again, I'm not sure that's the big deal. A lot of people want to make it. But I do think if you have that guy – it's certainly you'd rather have that guy than not mm-hmm. that that's clear. I don't, I think lacking it, lacking that kind of player doesn't, when you have the balance Michigan state has, doesn't mean you can't win a ton of games, maybe even a championship. Um, but you want that kind of guy for big moments. And, yeah. and I think for some of these, yeah. Teams. And, and look, Gabe Brown has been great this season. But the problem is Gabe's not a guy who you can just put the ball in his hands on the last possession of a game that's tied or you're down one and say, go get it for us. Mm -hmm. That to me is what separates what we're talking about. I think it's even tough. Like Illinois could certainly say, well, Kofi Coburn is one of the best players in America. Statistically, he is. But he's not that kind of player either because he needs people to get him the ball. Yeah. You know, so it's really tough for a big man to be that. Uh, you kind of need to be a guard. And Max Christie, as opposed to Gabe, does have that ability. 
And if if they can continue to see this development in his game, he continues to play, you know, smoothly under control. All of that, uh, I think that's that's going to be another element for Michigan State that maybe can take them up another level still from where they've been. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's how I see it. So that's a really big deal and a really nice game from him overall. Turnovers aside, yeah. He definitely won the battle of those five-star freshmen. First oh, yeah. half was pretty – first half was close, second half TKO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gabe, 33 minutes, 14 points, four rebounds and assist. Uh, he you know, hit a couple threes. He had some really nice transition baskets, two blocks, yeah. four steals, only one turnover. Another another nice game for him. Really good. And And we're saying that on a night where he shot six for 15 from the floor which tells you, and I agree with everything you just said, but looking at that, those shooting numbers and we're still saying, yeah, there were, there were times he was the most impactful player on the court mm-hmm. a lot of time. Um, that tells you what he did in totality. I, there were a lot of highlight plays from Gabe Brown tonight. The, the one that I would put at the top of the list, you mentioned he had a couple of those steal and, and finish and transition plays. The first one of those, though, where yeah. he went behind his back in transition, full speed, but totally under control. That is a that is a play that Gabe Brown of the last three years could not make. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him do some similar things at times this year where he's had moments where you say, boy, you know, the handles really improved. I mean, he's much better going to the basket than he's ever been in his MSU career. But that was another level. That was another level. And I thought that was a really, really big moment for him um, to be a guy who can make that kind of play in a pressure situation where you're in transition. You don't have a lot of time to think you're looking to make a play and finish. And boy, he made a play and finish. Yeah. that was You know, and then mixed in there. He was still, even though it was kind of a rougher night shooting the ball overall, he was still two for five from three. So he shot the ball from deep the way he has all year. Um, He had that really nice floater. That was a a good move. Four rebounds. He did. He did. You're talking about the first pass he scored where he kind of used his leverage and went up with the left kind of off one foot. Yeah. Yeah. That was a move we haven't seen. Um I'm looking at the stats. They've definitely got something wrong. They've got him credited with four rebounds, but it, the stat sheet is claiming they were all defensive. I know he had at least one offensive rebound because it was a huge play where he just came swooping in from out of the field of vision on the camera. And MSU ended up getting a three out of it, I think, mm. if I remember correctly. And it was just a, a total effort play. Uh, four steals two blocks. I mean, you have to, yeah, his, his overall floor game was just something else. And he played with the kind of energy that Michigan state needs him to play with. That's who Gabe Brown is. Mm-hmm. And at his best is a guy who's just flying and he was flying in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walker, 10 points, five assists to two turnovers, couple steals, hit a couple threes. Um, biggest thing for me, I don't know the, the, the broadcast team never acknowledged it. Um, toward the end of the game, maybe about two minutes or so left 
one of Nebraska's players might have been Wilcher. Somebody took a deep three. Tyson was guarding him, and he and he missed. And MSU pulled. He pulled, got pulled immediately. It looked to me like he might have done something with his ankle. Oh. Um, trainer was overworking on him. Then he was trying to do something, stretchy it out. Um, it was either his ankle or maybe his calf. Um, he was kind of to the side of the bench, but he came back to the bench. His just, I was watching him. His demeanor was fine. He was in the, in the handshake line. Didn't, didn't seem bothered at all. So I think crisis averted, mm. but that would have been a big deal. Cause they were up 14 late game situation. That's the last time you want to see a guy get hurt. And on a really innocuous play too. Like I didn't see how it happened. Uh, I know he was guarding the guy and kind of went past him. I'm wondering if maybe he just kind of landed the wrong way. But, again, looks like crisis averted because you, you definitely want him for Saturday. I think for Tyson, that was a very important second half. I think Max Christie was the guy that you say the the biggest result came out of this game in terms of his growing confidence and finding himself as a guy who can be a primary offensive option and deliver. Mm-hmm. but just behind it, I, Gabe, I, I kind of put to the side, even though he had a great game because he's been playing very well all year with Tyson. He'd had a, a, a couple of off games in a row. And I thought the first half, he wasn't very good, but then you look up, he ends up with, what did he ten, have? 10 points, ten right? Points. Yep. 10 points. So back at double digits, five assists, only two turnovers, which tonight was a victory. The two steals, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's what they need. Mm. They need that second half Tyson Walker. And and the thing is, I still think he turned down some shots. Yeah. Yeah. He's got teams I, are I did not, notice it this game, he for sure. Teams are not defending him the way the way you would expect. Because the the fact of the matter is, and I'm gonna look it up to see if we have up to date stats. Um not sure that we will, but I should be able Denbaum to put should have it. Well, quick. I just want to see what he's. I just want to see what he's shooting from three. So he came in. Okay, so he came in. Um, oh yeah, no, this is accurate. So this is up to date. Fifteen games, right? They're thirteen and two. So he's at fourteen for twenty-five on the year from three, fifty-six percent, which leads the team. Um, next up Malik Hall is at 55.6% just behind it. He's attempted two more and he's hit one more, but, and and this is the thing, um, 25 threes is not nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a decent volume, but that's in 15 games. So he's still under, he's at like one and two thirds attempts per game. That's got to come up. And especially if teams are going to defend him the way that they did tonight. I, I, I think, and, and give credit to Fred Hoiberg, I don't think that's a scouting report decision um, based on the way he shot. It's a scouting report decision based on the frequency with which he shoots. And, uh-huh. you know, in the first half, I don't think he, had, it, maybe he attempted one. That might have been when his miss came. Um, but he just was passing up shots. And even in the second when he got going, he's passing up looks. Mm. That can't happen. Um, Tyson Walker has proven enough that, okay, is he a 56% shooter? No. From three? No. <laughs> but 
Is he a guy who ought to be taking open looks? Yeah. And and again, they were situations it's like he shouldn't where, be a fifty six percent shooter from three. <laughs> right. That, that, there it is. There it is. You take a little less on the percentage side if it meant he was taking more available shots. Uh, I think that's a very good point and a very good way of putting it. I think that uh, that's maybe the next step here. I you know he's it's been a season long process to get him to be more assertive offensively. He understands that this team has a lot of weapons Mm -hmm. and he correctly, I think sees his primary role as a guy who initiates offense, makes plays for others, gets them into, into sets. That's all fine. That's all great. But there's another level to his game. I think has to come for this team to be at their absolute best. And it's going to mean that he's a more assertive score, particularly in situations like this one. If a defense is just flat out letting you get open looks, you got to punish them. You yeah. have to. You just have to. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's important that he shot well and and did a better job running things. Um, I, I think that should help. You know, he seems to be a guy who feeds off you know, successful play. Uh-huh. And I, I get it, but th- there's, there's another level, as I say, yet to come for Tyson Walker and Michigan state needs him to get there. If they're going to be at their very, very best. So good positive step, but we need even more. You know, this is one of my favorite plays. I, I think I've seen this year and it's kind of a low key thing, but uh, in the first half, Marcus Bingham got a, an open three that he took and it almost looked like the second time they were kind of trying to bait him into taking that. And the second yes. time Marcus Beam kind of, he looked at it and he thought about it for a second and he was like, ah, you could see it just kind of running through his head that because they were trying to bait him into taking that, he didn't want to. And so then all of a sudden he hands it off to Walker and Walker just fires it up from right behind him. hits it. And then kind of on the way back, he's like, I got you. I got you. Like, right. That's, it's like, that's a perfect example of like a, a point guard playing for his team, you know, because, because that's the one thing Walker hasn't done as much as, is hunt those shots. But in a term when he didn't want his, his guy to look bad, he just fired it up and nailed it. You know, I, I, yeah, it's a really good point. And I agree with you. It was a great play. It was great patience Mm -hmm. on Marky's part to not take, a shot that, you know, maybe wasn't ideal. Um, and, and Tyson on getting there to bail him out of a tough situation. And then of course he hits it too, on top of everything else. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't want to, again, I don't want to downplay the fact that Tyson Walker played well. I just, I think they need more. Yeah. Yeah. And they can get more if teams are going to play them that way. Now, if somebody's going to play them straight up, okay. It's more forgivable. Play within yourself. Don't force anything, but man, there were, there were shots and I don't mean, Oh, he just happened to be open, but he wasn't really in rhythm. I mean, there were shots Mm -hmm. for him to take that he just didn't pull the trigger on. And I'd, I'd much rather see him take those shots. Well, they kind of sag off him under the pick and roll and he's wild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you see, that's a pretty consistent thing mm-hmm. that we've seen this season. And you're like, why the hell would anybody go under against a guy who's shooting 56%? And again, yeah. it's not like he's, it's not like he's five for eight, 
on the season. It's he shot enough. You know, okay, this guy can hit shots. He's a good enough shooter that we ought to respect him, but you don't see anybody seemingly, at least not yet, going over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another step in the evolution of this Michigan State offense is start making teams pay for that. Yeah. Because I think he's capable of it. I mean, I just I think back to what Cassius Winston had to deal with his last <laughs> two years. And you just think, my God, if he'd had those shot opportunities, his eyes would have been as big as saucers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And for as great a shooter as Cassius was, and he was, well, never shooting 56%. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so who else we got here? Hauser, 21 minutes, three points, eight rebounds, five assists. Um, it did struggle a little bit with turnovers, three turnovers and a steal. Yeah, but I still liked his game. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I, I thought I thought he played well. And, and this was really the first time in a while where – I felt that he and Malik were both pretty good. You know, uh-huh. neither one of them was eye popping, but they both, you look at the final numbers. I mean, Joey, the leading rebounder uh, with eight of them, five assists. So he continued that. It, it's funny. The less that he's trying to do. Remember we were talking about that when he was yeah, struggling trying to boil it. And our, our, yeah. Our feeling was, Hey, let's just, you know, they've got to be thinking, let's just kind of, strip it down a little bit. And I think they have. Mm. And all of a sudden the playmaking, which is what he was trying to do earlier in the season and really struggling with it. It's happening now. Yeah. I mean, he's putting up strong assist totals every game. He's shooting the ball better. He didn't hit a three tonight. He only took one. He was zero for one. Uh, he got his points early. Those three points came very early on an and one yeah. on a putback. Um, and he didn't score again, but that's okay. I mean, I think, you know, defensively he was guarding Mayan mostly who didn't really do much. Um, and he rebounded well and was a facilitator. And I thought he played pretty, pretty well overall defensively. He had the one steal, but just, I thought he was active too. He was another one of those guys that kind of stayed active in passing lanes. Mm. So, um, Pretty solid game, you know, not eye popping, but a solid game. Kind of game you'll take from it. Yep. Uh, and Malik Hall, twenty three minutes, twelve points, six rebounds, two assists, um, and missed four free throws, but blocking yeah. a steal. But but five for six from the floor. Just one of those things. Um, really good game. And and after he was kind of a sort of a no show in Evanston, uh, it was nice to see him again be a guy who, you know, Robbie Hummel called out there was a play where Malik made the the shot that he missed, I think it was, where he made a great move in traffic, and he mm-hmm. just missed the shot. I think it was a fadeaway jumper, but uh, definitely a shot that's in his repertoire, you yeah. know, something that, that he can make. And, you know, Robbie Hummel was talking about how great a move it was, said, you know, you see him do that stuff, and you think this guy could be an all-Big all Ten player. And I agree. I think he does have that kind of ceiling. Um we know that there's been a little bit of inconsistency as evidenced by the previous game, but uh, this was a good one because it was Malik. I think Malik Hall is where I'm really impressed by him is when he plays the way he did tonight, where it doesn't look like he's doing a lot. Mm. He's, he's the opposite of most of the Nebraska roster where these guys are just out there flailing around 
and there's a ton of energy and sometimes it produces something positive and well, sometimes it doesn't. Malik Hall is a very, at his best is a very stripped down player. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing, very little that looks spectacular, but he's under control and generally making really good decisions. And that's what he was tonight offensively for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so good game from him. Mm. Uh, AJ 20 minutes in this one, five or six points, two rebounds, three assists, two blocks of steal, but seven turnovers. My goodness. I yeah. look at that it, twice. Not, not good. Um, this was the, the downside of AJ was, was evidence tonight where I just thought he just got outside himself way too much just trying to make things happen a little too much Mm. and that's where he gets in trouble you know um i had some good takes to the bucket i mean i'll give him that but uh you know the three the three baskets he scored were were all you know kind of his usual deal where he goes hard to the rim and and finds a way to make a play Mm. Um, but I didn't think he was great defensively either. And the turnovers were just a mess. So, but, but again, it was a, another example of Michigan state finding enough between those two guys at that position to get it done. So AJ struggles, Tyson Walker has a big second half and sort of saves their bacon, mm-hmm. you know, and there have been nights like in Evanston where it was the other way around. Tyson didn't play well and AJ had a very good game. Yeah. Yeah. It's been rare to see one of the two not or both of them not have a good game. Right. I don't think other, I don't think we've seen it yet because yeah. maybe, maybe Baylor, I'd have to look back at the numbers and refresh my memory yeah, because that could be even Kansas, you know, Tyson was kind of a no show, but AJ had his best scoring game of the season. Yeah. yeah. And that one. So yeah, you're right. It's been usually one of the two, which has kind of been the story at the four as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's, it, and tonight, what was nice is that it was both of them doing things, but for the most part this season, it's been, you know, either Malik or Joey is showing up, but one of them is showing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julius Marble, 12 minutes, three points, four rebounds, um, two turnovers. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, this was an example of, uh, and look, his role is what it is and they need somebody to play it. And he's he's the best option available at this point because, as you saw from Madi, Madi's just yeah. he's not there yet. Um, but you also saw the limitations when when Julius had to guard Walker, it was not good. Mm. Um, I, I think again he played a lot in the second half, and Marky didn't, and I think that was because I suspect they were unhappy with the way Marcus was playing defensively. And I don't mean in the post or that he didn't have a shot block. I just mean, I don't think they were happy with the way he was defending the pick and roll. Mm. Um, and, and Julius wasn't much better, but I, that was, to me, this was a teaching game for Marcus, kind of a reminder that, Hey, you got to be better than this because the, the fact of the matter is Julius, I don't think is physically capable of being the guy that they need mm. in, in that role. You're basically looking at him for the most part as a 12 minute, 13 minute kind of guy um, to just sort of hold the fort down, maybe get you a couple buckets while he's in there, but not much more. And that's pretty much what he was tonight. And Walker's just kind of a bad matchup for Marky from a size perspective. 
you know, just kind of a little bit smaller and quicker. And that's yeah, kinda... yeah, but but you know, Marcus has done. You think about the games that they've played against um, certain teams. You know, I think about a Loyola or you know, mid some of the mid major opponents, mm-hmm. even Minnesota for that matter. Yeah. You know, where they kind of had similar players and, and Marcus played much better. I'm not ready to let him off the hook. Uh, Walker played very well. And you saw tonight why that kid came in shooting 76% because mm-hmm. he knows who he is and he's, and he's pretty good at being who he is, but you just can't, I, I, I just thought Marcus was, was a day late dollar short yeah. on a lot of the pick and roll stuff. And then when Walker is taking him to the rim, you know, you got to take that person. Mm-hmm. And and the fact of the matter is, Marcus just did not offer enough resistance on that stuff, in my yeah. opinion. I yeah. mean, I'll be interested to see what Izzo has to say, but I, I suspect it's going to be some version of that. Yeah, well, this is the least amount of minutes we've seen out of Marky in a while. 19. What? Did, how many did he play tonight? 19. But he yeah. had been see, getting there like you go. 24, you know. There that you was... go. And, and, you know, he didn't have a personal foul tonight, so it wasn't foul trouble. Yeah. He wasn't hurt, to my knowledge. I just think they were very unhappy with the way he was defending, and they just decided, you know what? Playing time is the best teacher, and that's what they did, mm-hmm. you know? So you put, I mean, Marble and Sissoko had 18 combined, and then we know they played some small ball minutes with Joey at five um, to, to take it up. But, yeah, that's, that's the best indicator of – how they felt about his play mm. was that he only played 19 minutes when he's been getting kind of into the mid twenties lately. Yeah. Uh, and then Jaden Aikens, 12 minutes, four points, three rebounds, uh, struggled a little bit from the field. One for four, Oh, from two for three, hit a couple free throws, two steals. Yeah. He was active, you know, um, not great, but you know, did some of the things that were, we're used to seeing from him where he's grabbing boards and he's active defensively. I didn't think he was bad defensively. I, I focused on him in a couple stretches where he was guarding McGowan's and I thought he did a nice job, especially in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, reasonably, you'd hope that he'd shoot better, but reasonably okay with the way Jaden played. Yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe we should just talk about Madi for a second. Like, uh, five minutes, two rebounds, but it seems like the last couple of times he's been on the floor, he's just not having the kind of disruptive impact I've seen from him before. I, I'm not sure yeah. what the deal is. He just seemed yeah. late on a lot of stuff today. Yep, I I agree with all of that. Um, you know, Walker took him to school. Uh, he just was not, and I, and, and I like the decision, which is if you're not going to have Markey in there, Okay, at least Marty has length and Marty's strong. So you figure, well, he might be able to give Walker a little bit of the business. Not a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Walker just Walker just fried him. I think a couple times. Um, yeah, it's just, and there was a possession late in the half where Marty got the ball and decided to take a a, a shot, a mid range shot. You know, it was a turnaround half hook. But it was a little bit outside. Monty's actually pretty decent if he's within about five feet or so. If he gets established with good position, he can finish. Yeah. And uh, this was outside of that range. That one was like more like eight. (laughs) 
Yeah. And it was just a bad decision on his part. Mm. You know, can't do that. So uh, yeah, well, we disappointing, you know, you, we saw a little you, bit of Pierre tonight. Not much. Yeah. He got in there, hit a couple free throws. Um, nice to see him get some game action where he didn't get a chance to play in Evanston. Uh, but you know, with both of those guys, with Marty and with Pierre, it was, the hope was this was going to be the point that maybe they would start making their move to force their way into the rotation. Yeah. And I would have been happy with, with that, with either or both, because I do think there's, you know, there's some, some risk. Uh, with the way Michigan State wants to play. I mean, they're, you know, if this was another program, you'd say, oh, you can go with seven or eight guys. That's not Michigan State. Yeah. And and so if you're having to go with a shortened bench because somebody's out, injury, COVID, you know, foul trouble, whatever it is, well, that means they're not going to be able to play optimally. Mm. You don't just flip a switch and say, oh, that's fine. We can deal with it, you know? So I would like, Ideally, and I would guess Tom Izzo feels the same way, I would like to feel like they've got some options and more options. And, we're, you know, we just circumstances, I think, conspired to not maybe allow that to happen. I think with Pierre, you know, he obviously went through a COVID situation, so he didn't get in, you know, missed a number of practices over the holidays where you would hope you'd be able to start making that move. So. We'll yeah. see. I mean, it's not, look, it's, it's never over until it's over. I mean, it could happen in February with mm. one or both of those guys. But right now, we're not seeing signs that it seems likely. Mm. Uh, so you look at the keys, Rod. The first one was play the game. <sighs> um, <laughs> it's, it's hard on a night where you have whatever it was, 19, 19 turnovers. And you give up 45% shooting to the opponent. It's, it's hard, I think, to feel like you really did a great job of playing the game mm-hmm. and not the opponent. Um, I, I don't think Michigan State did enough, not nearly enough, of the things that they want to do um, to feel good about themselves. You know, some things they did. Obviously, they shot the ball very well from three and overall, um, you know, rebounding was, what was it? So pretty good in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, a really good, a 41% offensive rebounding rate clip, which is outstanding. Mm. So they really did punish and they turned that into a lot of second chance points. Um, I'll see if we've got the total here. Um, on this, uh, yeah, they outscored Nebraska 16 to seven in second chance points. So pretty, pretty good job overall on the glass. So they certainly did some things you mentioned creating the turnovers. I mean, Nebraska has been decent in that area, really good considering the pace that they play at. Mm -hmm. And yet Michigan state had 13 steals who'd one more steal than Nebraska did. Yeah, and Nebraska had what fifteen uh, turnovers, fifteen I mean. turnovers total. So thirteen of the fifteen were a result of Michigan State steals. So there were things that you like about that, and of course we we just talked about some of the individual stuff that we liked. But mm-hmm. overall, it, it's hard to feel like they get a check mark. Yeah, uh, and then you just you mentioned the boards, uh, pretty good job there. 
Yeah, that they turned it into into second chance production. Again, 41% offensive rebounding rate is really, really good. Um, defensively, where they gave up six, I think. Was it six offensive? Re- yeah, six offensive rebounds. And, and Nebraska only had um, an 18% offensive rebounding rate. So that's pretty good. You had like a 22, 23% edge mm-hmm. in that category. That's, that's what you wanted out of this matchup. They're a bad rebounding team. Michigan State should really punish them, and they did. Yeah. Uh, and then transition. Man, they came out hitting the three like crazy. For a second there, I'm like, let's just slow it down. <laughs> but yeah, but you know, over the course of 40 minutes, and, and I yeah. give Nebraska credit. Um, you know, they're I'm sure they're bemoaning their own turnovers, but I think that was even considering that that was the most poised, under control game I've seen from them this year. Mm. Every time I see them, it's just a wild man show i mean just taking terrible shots um, forcing plays just not ever looking like there's a coherent under control plan more like i look the at the way they minutes. played tonight even the threes they missed very very few that i would say were objectively bad shots mm-hmm. yeah you know um i thought that was their shot selection was far better they played through walker far more which is a really good idea um so yeah, you know, not not bad from them in in that respect. Uh, and then threes was the fourth key. Uh, Michigan State forty seven percent, which yeah. brings them up to thirty nine percent overall, eleventh in the country. Yeah. Well, look, we we know. I think by now, we got a pretty good handle on the fact that there you should that this is a very good three point shooting team, and Nebraska has had real trouble this year. They've been giving up 35% to opponents. They've had real trouble defending it. They've given up a lot of them. The one thing I will give them some credit for tonight is I thought their defense on the perimeter was fairly aggressive. And the one thing besides forcing turnovers that, that it really did effectively is I thought they limited the kind of quality three point looks that Michigan state had, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, other than Tyson Walker, I don't think there were a lot of times where Michigan state's players were passing up good three point looks, maybe a handful here and there, but not much. Um, I thought that some of that was definitely attributable to the way Nebraska defended. So yeah, they gave up a high percentage, but Michigan state only made eight. This was a game that, you know, you thought maybe coming in, Michigan State could hit double digits in terms of the threes that they made pretty easily, in fact. Yeah. It it seemed like it it lined up to be that kind of game. And it wasn't because they just limited the attempts. On the other end, you know, they were hot early. As you said, I think they hit five of their first six. Yeah. Uh, They ended up seven for 23. Michigan State did a pretty decent job later guarding the three but still could have been better than they were. But you look up at it 30%, which is actually slightly better than Nebraska's shot on the year. 
Um, but that's still a low number. You're, you're not yeah. disappointed in that. I think the disappointing number was um, the 27 for 60 overall mm-hmm. for 45%. That's just way too high. Yep. Uh, and then the fifth key was Walker. Well, I, you know, by half, I think you get half a check. First half was not inspiring, to say the least. I thought he really struggled. And then in the second half, you saw the things that I think give a lot of us hope that this team has at least another gear left in it. Mm-hmm. Because when that Tyson Walker is playing that way, man, the, the whole thing goes up. It's just going to make it makes life easier for everybody else, especially if teams actually have to start worrying about him and playing that way that they they actually start honoring him as a shooter it's Mm going to make life easier for him getting to the rim it's going to make life easier for the other shooters michigan state's got you know just across the board it's it'll be a big positive so let's give him half a check on that one because the (laughs) second half was pretty good okay well uh next up is michigan um Man, another tough loss for Michigan uh, after losing to Central Florida by 14. They go into the rack and lose that one by eight. Uh, yeah, it, w- it wasn't that close. Seven um, and six record. They're really kind of falling off the rails. Yeah, it's – and, you know, you you look back at last year, and for any Michigan State fan, you, you know enough to say that on January 5th, it's premature to call a team dead. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do it. But what I can tell you and what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about in our next podcast are the things that would have to significantly improve for that team to even get themselves into the NCAA tournament conversation. I mean, yeah. I, I honestly think right now, you know, there there's a danger. You have to have a winning record to play in the NIT, mm-hmm. I believe. I think that's still a rule. I don't with the way they played in the non-conference. I think they were six and five in their non-conference, um, or six and four maybe. Uh, I I don't know that that's a lock. You know, I, I yeah because you look they lost to Minnesota by ten at home. I could um, see them going eight and twelve in the league. I could easily see it. I mean, Michigan State went nine and eleven last year mm-hmm. in the league. You know, so if you say, well, they go eight and 12, would that be a shocker? Not with the way they played. So we'll we'll talk about it in, in painstaking detail on the next one. Uh, but there are a lot of things that are going to have to turn around for Michigan. Now, you know, the great unknown here, and I got into this discussion last night in the aftermath of that loss on the Spartan bag board. So I'm sure some of our listeners at least will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um There's a definite feeling on the part of some Michigan State fans, and I can't entirely blame them, that this is set up for Michigan to take a COVID dive. You know, they had four guys out, all reserves, by the way, so they don't get a pass on that Rutgers loss. They had all their starters. And it it was a game where Rutgers took control immediately. So it's not like Rutgers just won a war of attrition and wore them down. Michigan got beat, period. Um, you don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. Presumably there would be a chance that some, maybe all of the guys who missed that game 
would be back and out of protocol with the way things have changed now to a five day. Um, presumably that would be possible. Uh, my understanding, and we will see what happens, is this is not this is no longer 2020 or early 2021. And what I think what I mean by that is I think a lot of people who are suspicious and see this coming think that Michigan's going to do the same things their football program did last year where they ducked out of the Ohio State and Iowa games with supposedly for COVID reasons, no details were ever given. Yeah. You didn't have any idea. And if you remember last year, the, the stuff that really sticks in Illinois' craw yeah. is that they ended up winning the title um, outright because of a, a game that didn't get made up. And they got a, a serious bone to pick on that, too. I, I don't blame them. I would be pissed. Yeah, but, but here's the thing, though. Last year in both sports, I think there was – um, there was going to be a default to say if a school says they've got a COVID problem, that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're there. I believe you have to have some type of some type of information that goes to the conference because the conference, my understanding is, has discretion. Even though they backed off of the automatic forfeit stuff, mm-hmm. they do have discretion to still declare a game a forfeit. So that says, to, and there aren't a lot of specifics as to what's got to happen, but what that says to me is there's got to be something. They can't just wave their hands and say, sorry, COVID can't play, reschedule it, yeah, and, and hope that they're going to be better a month from now when a game is replayed or whatever it would be. You know, I don't think, in other words, I don't think it's under Michigan's control the way that some people do. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. It could be that legitimately, it's spreading enough that there are enough guys out. I believe, I believe the standard is you've got to have at least seven to play. Yeah. Um, so they'd really have to, they'd have to have a big hit to not be able to play seven. It would seem, but you never know. There could be a legitimate version of that. Maybe they will try to pull something. Um, you know, I think right now, I think it's a double-edged sword on the one hand. Yeah. You're, you're terrified that you're going to get run by your rival in your own building. And I I get it. I'd be worried about that too, if I were them. But on the other hand, you've got to play games and you got to win games against good opponents. If you are having any kind of chance Mm. of turning your season around and, and making a case for a tournament bid, let us remember what happened for Michigan state was not just that they managed to win nine games, but it's who they beat late in the season and this year's big 10 while there's still some good teams that are going to be highly ranked at the top there's not as much depth there are not as many opportunities for the kind of resume win that you had in last season's conference they they don't exist or the year before um that doesn't mean there are are bad wins out there but you understand what i'm saying yeah there's only so many opportunities out there for wins and especially on your home court. So do you want to take a dive? And who knows if the game is even, if it's possible. I think a Michigan-Michigan State game, people would move heaven and earth to make it happen eventually if it were postponed. But, man, I, I think there's two sides to that, mm-hmm. you know. And and if you're Michigan, maybe you look at this and you think, hey, 
these guys have won these two games or they're, they, well, really you could argue even the last three, including high point, but they haven't been playing that well. Mm-hmm. So maybe you think this is one that gets us right. I, of course, all of that only matters if you think that it's truly within their power to decide this, which I don't. So well, we will, Michigan's we will say Benjamin Michigan's like really, really low in the entire country in bench minutes. They don't even play the bench that much. 25% right. compared to Michigan State's 37% of the minutes. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody believes that the guys who were sitting out really dealt them any kind of death blow in that game. Yeah. <laughs> because you're right. They have, who are we talking about? Frankie Collins. He's a freshman. He's had a moment here and there, but he has not been good. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Buffkin played. Um, Brandon Johns, who's had a, a bad year, to be honest. Well, I think they expected a lot more out of him. Terrence Williams, Terrence Williams. ditto. They yeah. thought he was going to really take a step forward as a sophomore. That has not happened. So, and Zeb Jackson, who apparently missed the game for non-COVID reasons. So who the hell knows what's going on there? And he hasn't been good either. No. So they're not, yeah, that, that's, that's not the question. The question would become, obviously, if a starter gets ill. And then let's also consider, you know, Michigan State's not out of the woods yet. The, the one thing that we don't know, and believe me, I've spent some time thinking about it, is, is it possible that other guys besides Marcus Bingham and besides Max Christie actually had COVID over that period around, the, basically in December, mm. and we just don't know about it because Michigan State didn't have to report anything publicly? I don't know. I'd feel a lot better if they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but we don't know. So right now, the bit of good news is you got two starters who you know you're going to have for the rest of the year, presumably. I don't think anybody thinks immunity is going to wear off in two months. Um, So they've got that. But there's obviously a lot of guys that matter for Michigan State who theoretically at least would still be, um, you know, potentially at risk. So that's a concern for Michigan State is can they get to Saturday clear? Mm. You know, so we'll have to see. I mean, these are this is all the stuff that's going into making this season very, very interesting. I do think we're going to get to a point probably about a month from now where there's going to be a lot more clarity because I think we're just the way this thing's working. Um, you're going to have people that have basically gotten through it uh-huh. and and gotten through it, meaning that people have been infected and they're through it. They're through the protocol. And they're back, and and that's kind of it. So I don't think this is going to be a specter over the entire rest of the season. I'd be surprised at that. But for a while yet, it's going to be something that's lurking. And so, you know, if you're Michigan State, you just want to get to this game. I'd much rather play, you know, at home against Minnesota and Northwestern down a guy. Mm, yeah. than I would Michigan. You know, you, you want to get this one for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, but we'll have a lot more to say about it um, probably tomorrow. Yep. Uh, any final thoughts? Final no, I think Nebraska? it wasn't a wasn't a Picasso, but you take it and you know four and zero in the league, thirteen two overall. Lot to be happy yeah. about. Yeah, the wins are piling up <laughs> yeah. slowly but surely. All right. Well, we'll get the um, the pregame for Michigan up in the next few days. Until then, the final four is not on the schedule. Thank you.
Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.